and welcome back to another week of College Pick'em with Wes and John. This week we've got two special guests. Uh, I'll go ahead and introduce the first one. Uh, the man in the black hat backwards is the one and only Mr. Jason Smith from 92.9 ESPN Memphis Radio. I've uh, been listening to Jason for years on uh, 92.9 ESPN. Always has great, great, great. Uh, hold on, I'm going to kill my phone volume here. Uh, always has very good uh, perspective on Memphis sports and uh, sports on a national level as well. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for being on the show, sir. Oh, Wes, it's a pleasure. John, appreciate you having me. You and me go back, buddy. We're talking we about some years. We're, we're turning into old men. <laughs> I'm honored and humbled to be here, guys. Appreciate you having me. Hey, we got to talk about some stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> we got, and thank God we got plenty to talk about today, man. Football is back. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. John, go ahead. And I got here, Kendall Guess, a running back slash linebacker from the good old Memphis Harding Academy Lions, who's a yes, senior sir. in high school. Um, Kendall's uh, right now out. We're going to get this a little bit further in detail right now, but uh, he's been battling the injury bug as late, but uh, hopefully he'll get back on track soon. But uh, yeah, Kendall Guess from Harding Academy. Welcome, Kendall. All right, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for the opportunity. Always, get this it, me personally, uh, like, you know, from just, the rock, uh, real quick, Wes, real, see, ahead, from the prep days that when me and Jason used to know each other also, Jason used to say it was all about the kids, and that's how I basically got over the hump and said it's all about the kids as well because I learned from one of the best in Jason, to be honest with you, because, no problem, because uh, it wasn't for him, like, I made the basketball team in high school, and then after high school got over, that's when I started knowing Jason a little bit more in detail because he covered all these prep games back in the day for the commercial pill. And he said it was all about the kids. And that's how I go. It's all about the kids as well. All right. Thank John, you, I appreciate you. those words, brother. Appreciate those words. No problem. Uh, Kendall, um, just to kind of give a little background on you. So, I mean, obviously, as we all know, this COVID-19 is running rampant all over the world. Uh, yeah. As a, just to give our fans and our listeners just a little insight into uh, what a local high school football player in Memphis will have to go through. Uh, also, just to give him a little more insight, of course, you've got you've got pro and uh, college sports going on as well. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, first of all, I feel for all the public school players that are not able to play at this time. Uh, that's <laughs> I feel for them because uh, you know when football season rolls down, there's a different feeling in the air, and uh, you just want to go out there and play. So I feel for those guys not being able to play. Uh, I'm blessed as a private schooler to be able to go out and play uh, when I'm able to. Uh, this summer was crazy ride. Uh, no camps were available. Uh, thank, thank goodness for the Shabazz and the Shabazz Combine. Really gave me a good opportunity to uh, really showcase what I have. And I can't wait to hopefully go back there in the future uh, as soon as I get healed and cleared and everything uh, and showcase uh, some, more, some more talent that I have and more skill and desire to get better. And uh, as for the season, you know, I feel for every football player, you know, it's tough. Uh, first of all, you know, you know, you have all, a lot of social distancing. That's tough for colleges, uh, pros and high school, you know, not able to do the same drills that you're used to. Uh, injuries right. are, uh, as you see in the NFL, injuries are really bad right now. Uh, not used to the hits and stuff. So, you know, I feel for everybody, you know, it's not a, not a good situation to be in, but, you know, we're trying to keep our heads up and uh, keep fighting hard. So. How often do y'all get tested if y'all do get tested? 
I have not been tested yet. Uh, but there's a, I guess there's the quick test that you get in 20 minutes. Uh, I think uh, people that do really believe they have it get the two tests, uh, the quick test and then the normal three days wait. Uh, but, you know, if somebody gets tested positive, uh, there has to be – there's different schools have different numbers. So, for Harding, we had the volleyball team get it. Uh, we only had one football player get it, but we all had a quarantine for the next two weeks uh, with, you know, with everybody getting better. So, that was a, that was a really big blow to, uh, you know, what we were going through then. Talk about, like, a preparation – talk about, like, a preparation real quick where, like, a lot of schools, like Christian Brothers this past week – you know, cancel their game with Amy, or not Chris Miller, but Amy West cancel their game with St. Benedict. Like, for talk mm-hmm. about the preparation, like, if y'all had to play a game against one of those teams, but y'all filled in with somebody like Fade Academy, like, you know, later in the week, how's that preparation from game to game when y'all already, you know, had somebody already scheduled? It was, uh, it's different. It's really different. Uh, you know, our first two games were canceled. Uh, we were supposed to play St. George's uh, last night, and we ended up playing a uh, Fade Academy. You know, you go by it week by week. Usually, you know, you're not changing a game uh, with a few days. Usually you have a full week to prepare, so that's good. So you have a full week to watch film. And uh, that uh, when we when our Lausanne game got canceled, we had to play a, another team. Uh, that was pretty tough. And uh, – we had some uh, because of the regional games. We had to cancel a game to uh, put in a Lausanne game. So we, so that that's tough. But we're not really looking forward. You know, a couple weeks in the future, we're trying to just focus on the now and preparation for now. Is the Lausanne and the St. George's game going to be rescheduled? Have y'all figured out that yet? Uh, Lausanne, we had to drop the St. Benedict game. Uh, sadly, uh, really wanted to play. Really wanted to play them. They have some talent up there. Uh, just wanted the opportunity to shine against them. Uh, but we had to replace them with Lausanne, which will be a battle. And uh, I think hopefully we can add St. George's in at the end of our season, right before playoffs start. I mean, that's like replacing Alabama for Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? I mean, geez. Golly, yeah. man. That's – my goodness. Um, let me it's ask you this, man. As a uh, as, uh, – being in quarantine, like you said you were for that two-week period, I mean, how are you working out? I mean, are you, are you watching film to stay mentally sharp? I mean, how, I, me as a football fan, I'm just eating up to know, like, what the heck do you do? How do you, how do you keep yourself in well, game? Mode? During the summer, that's my weight room. <laughs> you got some – Got some old, yeah. old-timey weights that I got from my grandfather. Man, yeah. Uh, you know, go to a local parking lot and pull a, pull a big old 250 uh, diesel with my dad. <laughs> hey, wow. you're doing a, you're doing, doing a Rossville Christian Academy style. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah hey, that's doing, how you gotta do it, though. Hey, those, those, those three weights. That's, that's a different kind yeah. of strength right there, man. That ain't. Yeah. But, but it is different. You know, the whole summer we weren't able to uh, squat, or bench. So, you know, you got you to gotta do other stuff to prepare for it. So, you know, it was disappointing at first, and you realize, hey, there's other opportunities out there uh, to get better. And, uh, you know, going through my senior season, I was stronger, more athletic, faster than I ever was. You know, that's just – you got to keep pushing forward and figuring out a way. If any college coaches or high school fans like myself and Jason and Wes, I'm sure fans, mm-hmm. 
Like, want to give you like a follow on like Twitter. What what is your Twitter handle? Uh, Kendall underscore guess. Very simple. <laughs> Try to keep and, it that way. And I know you got some of your videos <laughs> of your workouts on there, so the college coaches can yeah. actually see what kind of workouts you do. So. Yeah, I've got my uh, highlights on there. They're pinned at the top, and uh, got some info about uh, my height, weight, ACT grades on the in my bio, and then I got all my workout videos. I'm planning on making a, probably a little highlight workout video to hopefully send to some coaches saying, hey, you know, this year's been tough, but here's what I've been doing, and please give me a chance. Yeah, talk about, talk about that latest offer that you got. So I applied. It was Concordia University of Chicago. I applied about a month ago. Um, you know, I didn't really know anything about the school, and as I was looking for the application, you know, extracurricular activities, put football in. And uh, Coach uh, Charles Watkins, one of their, I think, assistant coaches, uh, texted me randomly one day, said, hey, this is Coach Watkins. Uh, we need – you got accepted into the university. Love to have you down for a visit. Sent me a little picture. It was an offer. And uh, that was huge, you know, especially – That's awesome. That's awesome. Everything that's been going through. So, really thankful that's to awesome. God, yeah. you know, everybody that's been there for me. So, Jason, I'm proud of Jason, are you familiar with that school since you're from Chicago? <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. No, I, I'm born in Missouri yeah. and, and raised here. My dad was. But uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, any opportunity, you yeah. take advantage yeah. of that, man. That's an awesome opportunity. Sure is. You already talked yeah. some games? I, yeah, yeah. That's what I was just getting ready to say. All right, Absolutely. so uh, let's start with the 11 o'clock games. Uh, we'll start off with what I think John and I were talking about it earlier in the week. You know, we were talking about – think of three teams at the college level that really impressed me last week. And uh, this is one of the teams on that list for me, and that is the Florida Gators. You got South Carolina heading to Gainesville this week uh, to take on the number three Florida Gators. Florida's a 16-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Uh, I think Florida will cover, uh, but I think uh, – I, in my opinion, I compare Florida this year – to LSU of last year. You look at Joe Burrow and just how much he progressed in that one year and look at Kyle Trask. I mean, if you go back and look at what he did last week, I mean, you've got Kyle Trask was 30 of 42, 416 yards and six touchdowns in a football game. Uh, of course, Pitts had a just monster game uh, at the tight end level, uh, kind of a Swiss Army, moving around the field. Uh, Lane Kiffin had no answer for it at all. Uh, but Lane Kiffin impressed me last week, too. Uh, really was kind of surprised to see uh, the offensive output out of Ole Miss. Uh, I think I'm going to take Florida in this game, fellas. I'll go with Florida as well, just because I don't trust Will Muschamp and Mike Bobo. <laughs> Good point. Smart man. I, I, I go Florida to cover as well. Pitts is a mismatch, as, as you point out, Wes. All over the field. Trask was in a zone last week. I expect that to continue. Florida looks like right now a team, you know, why, why people picked them to win the East for the first time in, what, four years. They look like that team right now. We'll see. Yeah. We got to see how Georgia looks with JT Daniels. But I like Florida to cover here against the must champ and the guys. I think I'll join the group and just go Florida. I think Florida's, yeah, I think Florida's looking pretty good. <laughs> You do watch college game day, right? You can be the not-so-fast guy if you want to. It's okay. Um, up next, guys, we got uh, a TCU team heading to Austin to take on Texas. Texas is a 10-point favorite. Uh, actually, this game's actually on right now as we speak. 
Um, man, Texas last week, uh, heart attack central. Yeah, especially when they had to come back and against Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you I'm know, I was, I was kind of surprised at Texas Tech because we talked about last week, Wes, you know, Texas Tech's secondary has been struggling all season long so far today, you know? Yeah, that's a great point, John. Yeah, and, and, you know, uh, Tom Herman, I, you know, he, he seems to do it. I don't know how he does it. I'm not a big Tom Herman fan, per se, uh, but he seems to win no matter where he's at. And it seems his teams always know how to win. Um, I think if you look at Texas, I think they're, they're set up to obviously, I think with Oklahoma losing to Kansas State, it opens them up as the leader in that Big 12. Exactly. Uh, but the question with Texas is, is Texas going to Texas? You know, are they gonna are they gonna lose to a TCU today, or or lose to a to a to a Baylor, or a, you know somebody like that? That's that's a that's a formidable opponent for them. You know, TCU's coming off disappointment, obviously falling to to Iowa State, but but I'm with you, Wes. I think you know the Big 12's college football playoff hopes are sort of riding on Texas at this point. Obviously, with Oklahoma already having that loss, and if you don't slip up you've still got a chance to be that representative from the Big 12. So um, I, look for, I, I look for Texas to handle business here against the TCU team. Looks going to probably be 0-2 after this week. Yeah. yeah. I got – all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey, Texas Law Courts, hook him. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to do it? Is, is he going to give us a not so fast? No, I – no, uh, no, Texas, that, no, Texas, that game last week was insane. I mean, it really was. I think I think after that, getting the nerves settled, I think Texas is going to blow TCU out of the water, honestly. I think they're just way too good. I think Kendall's right. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, up up next, we've got a Missouri team who uh, I, I don't want to say I was impressed with them last week against Alabama as, yeah. as I was more unimpressed. With Alabama, uh, heading up to uh, heading up to that team up, you know, on the other side of Tennessee, there uh, to take on number twenty-one. That team, uh, they are a twelve-point favorite. Uh, I hate to do it, man. I, I'm actually going to take Tennessee in this game. Uh, I I don't like Tennessee, as we all know, but I am impressed with, with what Jeremy Pruitt is putting together on the hill in Knoxville. Uh, I think he's doing a good job recruiting. I think he's doing a good job of selling what he wants this program to be. Uh, and I think Tennessee in the next few years uh, could definitely be a front runner possibly in their division. Uh, it, it would take a lot. It would take a whole lot. But I think Jeremy Prince is the right man for the job. I think Missouri's defense is just awful. I guess to run too much. No, they are. Too much Ty Chandler and too much Eric Gray. Tennessee by 20. Look, looks like we got a little bit of an advantage. I mean, Tennessee's already taking a 7-0 lead in this game. I, look, I, I'm with you, Wes. I, I, don't, I don't like particularly, uh, you know, picking Tennessee in this one. But, look, and, and listen, I, I think their ceiling has, you know, it's, it's sort of limited with Garantano in there. I mean, right now he's an average quarterback. He hasn't shown yet that he can be above average when it comes to competing against the big boys in this, in this division uh, in the SEC. But all that said, I still like Tennessee today. Uh, to put up some big some big numbers against Missouri. Yeah, that's a great point, Jason, and that's that's one of the one of the main points that John and I talked about at the very beginning of the season, mm -hmm. uh, breaking down each team in the SEC was 
you know, once again at Tennessee, and we'll talk about it more uh, when we get to the Memphis Tigers, but in my opinion, one of the big keys to being a successful football program is you've got to have some quarterback consistency. And if you don't have quarterback consistency, you're not going to be a successful team. And Garantano is just – He's just too you, – you, you can't be up and down in the SEC. You're not going to win games. Yeah, I, I thought maybe – I was looking for a little more from him last week. I mean, you've had a full year under Cheney, and, I, you know, your offensive coordinator, I thought he'd be a little bit better. You know, it turns out to be average, and I, I just think he's limited in what he can do, and it's a shame because I think there's some weapons on this Tennessee. They're, they're, good, they're fast enough defensively. I think they've got some weapons offensively that they could be a lot more high-powered offensively exactly. if you had a guy that could open it up a little bit more. I'm with you guys. Really agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Kendall. I think, uh, honestly, Tennessee needs to play Memphis, and I think Memphis would kill him. I hate Tennessee. Uh, no but, question uh, about it. No question but, about know, it. We, we would run them off the field. Yeah, definitely. But Tennessee, just too good for Missouri, I think. You know, I'm, I don't know about the rest of the season. You know, a lot of questions in the air, but I think Tennessee's too good for Missouri. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, up next, we've got a team that John and I just I, – you know, I wasn't really impressed with this team. Uh, talking about the number 24-ranked pit – I'm sorry, 20 – yeah, fourth-ranked pit. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was – John and I both, we, we just weren't really sold on pit. But, dang, they don't just keep on winning. I mean, you know, John? Yeah, essentially after – I thought, you know, the Louisville game was kind of going to be boring at first. But uh, yep. they put it together, and, you know, they played pretty well against Louisville. And they beat Louisville last so, week. Uh, who you got this week? So who does Pittsburgh got again? NC State. Uh, That's right. Yeah, NC State. Pittsburgh. I won't make that one long. Just just, just give me Pittsburgh. Hell, they're already up 7-0. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kendall. Uh, NC State. There it is. Yeah. Not so fast. There it is. There's the wolf hunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up next, we've got uh, ECU traveling to Georgia State. ECU is a one-point favorite on the road, if that tells you anything. John, uh, what's that? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Chase Hayden in East Carolina. Let's go. ECU. I'm gonna go up. Give me Georgia State here. Oh, okay, okay, not so fast. Yeah, I think think Georgia State's gonna win that game. Uh huh. Okay, okay. Up next, we've got. Who uh, do you team got? Who do you against, got? Uh, what do you mean? Who do I got? I said who I got. I took <laughs> I took East Carolina. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Hey. Uh, up next, we got Arkansas State. Going up to uh, Coastal Carolina, taking on a Coastal Carolina team that I've seen more on TV this year than I've ever seen in my life. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Arkansas State Red Wolves. John, uh, okay, so it's my turn. Okay, uh, I think the offensive line and defense. <laughs> I think Arkansas State might be doing some partying on the beach. No, okay. Like, you got the party bus rumor starting. We're still the playing the party bus crap, really? Come on, man. Let's just pick the daggum game. I'm kidding, okay? No, uh, Arkansas State in a close one. Late field goal to win the game. Okay. 
That, that Arkansas State team's a good team, coached by Blake yeah. Anderson. And, you know, obviously, uh, obviously had the big upset win earlier this year over Kansas State. Give me, give me Arkansas State all the way here. And hopefully they're healthy. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Let loose Lincoln pair and, you know, Arkansas State will win. All right. All right. Up next, we got um, – Real quick, Wes, I got a question for Jason. Since, you know, are you a fan of that two-quarterback thing that Arkansas State's using so far? Not particularly. You know, I, I'm, I'm of the old adage, if you caught two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I've never exactly. been that guy that, you know, sure, there's situations. It can be – you can have situational opportunities where maybe a guy's better around, you know, in the red zone. You know, you, he's a little bit more mobile. But I've always been, you want to give it to a guy because a team typically looks to one guy. And having to just sort of limit yourself. I, I just call me old school, but I, I'm, 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 you need to have one guy as the main guy. I completely agree. I, I mean, John, I mean, as you well know, and Kendall, I'm sure you can, you can, you know, attest to it too. You've got, there's numerous different things, John. You, you've got different arm strengths. You've got different accuracies. You've got different cadences, different, yep. you know, different drop steps. I mean, it's all, there's so many different variables to the quarterback play. Up next, we've got Baylor going to West Virginia. Baylor's a 1.5 favorite. John, what you got, man? I got West Virginia Mountaineers straight up. Really? Yes, sir, hmm. I do. I'm going to take, uh, take the Baylor Bears, man. Yeah, give me Baylor to cover in this one. Yeah, I think Baylor will win. Oh, look at that, John. You're on person to pick West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I didn't want to say it on live, but we are live. Thanks, Jason. Uh, up next, we've got uh, UTSA traveling to UAB to take on them daggum Blazers down there in Birmingham. Uh, UAB, UAB, 21 point favorite. Give me, give me Blazers. Uh, Legion Field still is this? Is it ever going to change? Well, they got a new stadium coming next year, but, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, Tyrone Nix is the defense coordinator at UTSA. I found that out. Uh, mm -hmm. He used to give Memphis fits when he was at Middle Tennessee, when Middle Tennessee would beat Memphis. But uh, 21 points is – or 20 is a lot of it's points. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it and the over 21. And, uh, yeah. Over and under is actually at 55. You know, I get the Roadrunners. Beep, beep. I'll give me the 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 road runners and the points here. You, if I'm not mistaken, UTSA three and zero, right? And that's right. Twenty one's a that twenty one's mm -hmm. a lot of points. I'm a, I'm a, I'll, I'll points. take the points in UTSA. Okay. I think the Blazers are looking pretty good this year. I think I'm going with UAB. My man, my man, blowout. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, we've got uh, North Alabama heading up to take on the fighting Hugh Freezes of Liberty. Uh, John, I'm, I'm impressed with Hugh Freeze and the, the, the job he's doing at Liberty right now. They ruined me last week, though. I've picked them every week, baby, and they ain't letting me down. Well, they didn't cover last week. That's why I was like, they let me down on the betting line at Tulica. <laughs> well, but uh, <laughs> I got Hugh Freeze. Well, Hugh Freeze, my – over North Alabama, pretty big. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a 30 and a half point line, John. You think wow. they'll cover that? Yeah, because North Alabama, I don't think, has played a game yet. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, yeah, give me, give me Liberty. Uh, I think uh, Hugh Freeze is going to put the pedal on him, and I think yeah. he'll actually he, – crap, I think they could be about 30 at halftime. That, that's a line I'm buying. Uh, known Hugh Freeze since the Briarcrest days, covered him back there back then. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I've always been, frankly, impressed with Hugh Freeze, the football coach, when it comes yeah. to the offense and, and blowing guys up. And I think they'll do it today. They'll cover that line that, that high for a reason. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Liberty is going to gonna win pretty big. All right, up next, uh, we got Abilene Christian Army. Just just raise your hand if you're picking Army, and we'll move on. Uh, okay, boom, boom, boom. Uh, up next, we've got what I think is going to be quite an interesting little game. Uh, you've got uh, Texas A&M, number 13, heading to number, t- uh, number two, Alabama. Uh, Bama's an 18-point favorite. Uh, John, do, do you think A&M can cover on this one? No. <laughs> look at the, look at their game last week against Vanderbilt. Crying out loud! Nothing against Daryl Dickey and his coaching or and Jimbo and the coaching staff, but you were favored by thirty-one over Vanderbilt for a reason last week. And Vanderbilt's not that good. As when's the last time Vanderbilt was good, John? Never. When, when James Franklin was that coach. Uh, give me Bama in this one. What, what about you, Jason? I'll go Bama to cover. I, 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 I think they take care of business here at home. I think Alabama, but I think it's going to be a pretty good game to watch. I think it's going to be a very good game to watch at 2.30, I believe, on CBS. Uh, up next, we've got the number 12 – uh, Mac Brown, North Carolina, uh, taking on BC, uh, 14 and a half point favorite. Give me, give me Sam Howell in North Carolina now. John? Oh, uh, yeah, North Carolina big too. Same here for me on North Carolina couple. North Carolina. Kendall's on a racetrack right now. Um, <laughs> up, next got, uh, up next, we've got number 17, Oklahoma State. Uh, heading to Kansas to take on the fighting less miles. Uh, 23-point favorite in this one. John, shocker for Wes here. I'm going to – give me Kansas to cover. Oh, oh. Do I need to eat more grass like less miles? Man, you know. It works, baby. It works. <laughs> Go ahead. Cowboys. Okay. Uh, I'll go Cowboys here. I just can't. That Les Miles in Kansas has not mixed well yet. And uh, I think they get embarrassed again at home. My dad's a huge Les Miles fan. So I think he'd kill me if I didn't pick Kansas. So I think I'm going to pick Kansas. I'm telling you, me and this Kendall guy could get along great. Get along great, guys. <laughs> so, glad. so glad we brought him and Jason on as guests today. Uh, but how, do you, hey, how do you lose to Coastal Carolina in two years in a row? Because you're not ready, and there's no, but the, the but the thing is, there's no reason you lose to Coastal Carolina two two years. Not in a two row. years in a row, exactly. No excuses. There's no reason. I mean, that'd be like Memphis getting beat by UT Martin in the in the rain game, and then playing them up there next year and losing. I, I mean, I don't care who you are, you're gonna be fired. Never uh, acceptable. Never exactly, acceptable. it's never acceptable. Right. Uh, let's see. Up next, we've got uh, Texas State heading to Kansas State. Uh, give me the Wildcats on that one. I like good old Red Raiders. 
Give me what we got here, Kansas State. And who's headed there? Texas right, Tech. Go ahead, John. I get Texas Tech. Texas Tech and who? Texas Tech's playing Kansas State. Oh, my bad. I Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what threw right, me off. I, yeah, I wrote it down as State Tech. instead of Tech. Yeah, 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 my bad. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, yeah. who'd you say, Tech? Yeah, I get Tech. Give me tech. Uh, after their performance last week, uh, last week against Texas, I think uh, uh -huh. I, I think they they definitely showed some. Yeah, that line's low too. That line's got what Kansas State favored by two. Give me Texas Tech as well. I think yeah, it's Kansas smart. State by two and a half. It's, it's, yeah, that's two and a half. Okay. Very low, very very yeah. very very low line. Go Texas Tech. Okay, Texas Tech. Uh, up next, we've got. Uh, Justin Fuente and the Virginia Tech Hokies taking on um, the Dukies. Uh, Texas Tech, or I'm sorry, my bad. Virginia Tech is a 13-point favorite in this game. Uh, man, give me, give me Tech. Uh, you know, it's to me, it's something about Fuente that I that I like. It's like he's kind of dry personality-wise to me, but. The guy can coach, and he seems to find a way to win. John, John, what about you? I just don't trust Duke right now. Their offense has been iffy lately since they've been struggling all year on the offense, only scoring six against Boston College early in the year. And David Cutcliffe, I think, is close to retirement. Uh, I don't know if it's close to retirement, but I think it's close to he's going to be coaching somewhere else besides Duke. Jason, what about you? Uh, give me Puente. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for him to, for this thing to finally kind of work, come together for him. Now, it's, I mean, you know, you're in there with, you're in a, 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 a tough conference already with Clemson, which kind of rules the roof. But I, I think Puente's got it pointed in the right direction now. They got over a ton. I think it was 20 some guys they had out mm -hmm. uh, last week able to get through that. Uh, I'm thinking it's coming together for Puente, Virginia Tech. They cover. You know? Really hope Fuente does well. I really like him as a coach. Yeah. You know, I think he's a really good coach. So I'm gonna go Tech here. Okay. Uh, I, I, and you know, going back to Fuente, uh, I think Fuente and Jimbo Fisher are two coaches that have learned a very hard lesson, and that is, it's hard to step in for a legend and fill that shoes. Oh yeah. I, it's just I, after looking at what Frank Beamer did at Virginia Tech, and obviously what Bobby Bowden did at Florida State, I. I think I'm glad to finally see Justin's kind of he's doing it his way now. If that if that if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Up next, we've got uh, the old Miss Land Bear Shark Rebel, uh, whatever they are this week. Uh, <laughs> for Jason on this too. Uh, heading up to Kentucky to take on the uh, Fighting Stoops of Kentucky. Kentucky's a seven-point favorite. Uh, give me. Give me Lane Kiffin in this game. Uh, I was impressed with his offense last week. But question for you, Jason, are they still the Rebels or are they not? Because if they're not, they sure as heck had Rebels wrote on their end zone last week against Florida. Uh, look, still look like the Rebels to me. And, and uh, But but i tell you what, uh, maybe a sort of a throwback to the uh, – we were mentioning Freeze earlier. Man, you got Kiffin, you're scoring points. So it's, it looks like high-scoring Rebels again. Uh, quite frankly, and I, and I'm with. I think I think Kiffin pulls it here. He pulls the upset. A lot of people got that Kentucky team pegged as a team that's moving up. Um, I think Kiffin shows them something here, and I, I like Ole Miss. 
Kendall, go ahead. We'll just wait and let John go last. <laughs> uh, I don't like either of these teams, to be honest. I don't even want to pick. But I think Ole Miss is going to win. We have, you, you have to pick, Kendall. This is not yeah. one of those things where you just, I don't like it. I'm not doing it. No. <laughs> I just, I don't like Kentucky and I don't like Ole Miss. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. Is that line seven, Wes? Is that what you said again? Uh, yeah, 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 Kentucky yeah. by seven. Yeah, give give me Ole Miss and I'll take the points. Yeah. Oh, yeah, John. Not, not so fast. Okay. Kentucky. Okay. I'm representing Quinn okay, Bohannon. Okay. I'm representing Quinn Bohannon at Cordova defensive line right there. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm sure he'd I'm appreciate that. I'm sure he would. Yeah. I'm representing my brain because – Less miles ago. Or, uh, Lane, Lane Kiffin's going to put points on Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Smart man. Uh, smart <laughs> I think, hey, I think Kentucky's dude has a decent running game now. Oh, Kentucky's good. Oh, I'm, Kentucky's I mean, a good football team. Yeah. Kentucky's yeah. good. If it wasn't no for those turnovers last week, they would have beat Auburn. Had a shot. Uh, up next, we've got uh, Jacksonville State heading down to Tallahassee to take on, uh, I don't know if Norvell's on the sidelines or not, uh, take on Florida State. Now, hold on now. Florida State's a 26-and-a-half-point favorite. I understand they're playing Jackson State, but I didn't know Florida State could score 26 points. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a, being honest. A shot I mean, at our old man, Norville. He's already had enough down there. That's the thing. I ain't even shooting I mean, a shot. That's just can it, can it be any worse of a start for Norville, and you're wishing this kind of evil on him? Yes, it can. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it oh, can. Oh, my goodness. If Justin not. Blackman's release was any slower, it would be a little bit worse for him. I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to take Jacksonville I, State. I, I can tell you're going Jacksonville. You you want those points. I can tell. John, what you got, John? You know, I don't want to skip this hit the Jacksonville State. Versus, <laughs> do what? He said he didn't want to skip you like I did no, last okay, time. Go ahead. Pick no, what I was trying to say is this ain't, <laughs> this ain't the Jacksonville State versus Ole Miss from a couple of years ago, or like 10 years ago, is it? No. I it's Jacksonville State versus not a very good Florida State team. I can tell you that. No, they are not good. You're right about that. That is a lot of points, but I still like Florida State. I do, too. I like the talent. I, I just – I mean, something's got to go right here for Norvell. And, look, just a win would be right with as bad as it has been. It wouldn't even – I mean, he couldn't even be on the sideline last week for that blowout. So, go ahead. I, I'm trying to – I'm trying to – Hope for good things for Mike Norvell. I say he covers. Florida State still got more talent, even though he's got a lot of work to do. Clearly, yeah. I think Florida State will win, just not by that many points. Y'all might be. Y'all might have me, have me beat here. You might be right. I mean, and, and don't and don't get me wrong. I like Mike Norvell. Uh, I I appreciate what Mike Norvell did. Do I really understand why he said some things he did? Yeah, because he had to. But do I think that he had Florida State in his back pocket for the last few months of the season? Yeah, I do. I think he was in talk. He's he's not a stupid man. Uh, And I think think if given time, that's the key. If given time, he can turn turn Florida State back around. I fully agree. He's got to get the time, though. They're crazy down Tallahassee. Man, nuts. Um, Up next, we've got uh, Western Kentucky heading to Middle Tennessee State University to take on – they still, what are they, the Raiders? They're just the Raiders, right? They're not the Red Raiders or any crap. Like there's, there's or the Blue Raiders, Raiders, I Blue Raiders. Blue Raiders. Yeah. Blue Raiders. Uh, MTSU's favored by seven. Uh, uh, MTSU? 
I guess uh, they they burned me on the army game, so I just you know I'm a little hesitant. Go ahead, John. I like the Hilltoppers, straight up. Oh, okay. You know, I just think Middle Tennessee's got a lot of struggling on offense, and Western Kentucky can score some points at will sometimes. They scored some points against Louisville in the first game at in the first half, but uh, Western first Kentucky, three minutes of the game. Yeah, go ahead. Well, they also basically scored some points against Liberty the week after, if we remember right, also. But I think Western Kentucky's just got more power on offense. What's that line again, Wes, on that one? Uh, MTSU, M- yeah, MTSU at seven. Uh, give me MTSU to cover. I think they take care of business. Give me Western Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Who got? Wait a minute. Who was favored in that game again? I said MTSU, MTSU was. Yeah. I get Western Kentucky that was favored, I thought. I may have to go back and check my Vegas book, but, uh, you know, I could be wrong. Things, well, have, yeah. things have happened. Um, either way, I'm going to take MTSU, no matter. Um, up next, we've got Navy uh, taking on Air Force in uh, what, a, a, a series that I love watching. Uh, love watching the uh, military schools get after it. Uh, I'm actually going to take – I'm going to take Air Force. Navy's favored by seven, I believe, John. You so, say, yeah. Air, well, Air Force, this is their first game of the season. And um, I'm hoping that Navy can put some, like, don't have a two-lane flashback from the first half. Because I think it's going to be a time and position on both sides of the ball game. But I think mm-hmm. Navy's going to pull it out late and score a touchdown to cover by seven. Okay. I'll take I'll take Navy like like I I think you're right about Air Force and playing its first game and and I think I, I just looked I think John's right on the Western Kentucky favorite so still oh, though, give give me M, I'll still take MTSU in the points in that situation I know both teams are winless but I think MTSU yeah. pulls through it at, at home he's right though West Kentucky favored by seven I think uh, Navy will win I just I don't see Air Force winning that as their first game. I agree. I agree. Uh, actually, I'm a, I'm going to take Air Force, man. I'm just not sold on Navy's defense. Uh, and and you know, this is Air Force's first game of the year. And I, if I'm correct, I think they're only playing a select number of games. So why would you not be? I mean, obviously, you're playing Navy your first game. It's a rival. It's the Commander in Chief Trophy. Uh, I think if you look at it, I, I just feel like Air Force is going to come up, come out really hyped up for this game. Also at home. I don't know if there's fans there or not. I, I, I'm really tired of figuring out what state allows fans, fans and what don't. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, up next, we got Georgia Southern uh, heading down to a little bitty town down south of me, Monroe, Louisiana, uh, to take on the ULM Warhawks. Uh, Georgia Southern is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia Southern. I think Louisiana Monroe is not good. What, what about you, John? I get Georgia Southern as well because I thought Louisiana Monroe was favored for a reason last week against UTEP. And they struggled offensively against no. UTEP. No, they got the break speed off of them. So I got Georgia Georg- Southern. Same here. Georgia Southern. 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 Uh, up next, we've got another uh, another West special. A uh, little, little West, West special lock pick this week. I got Tulsa covering against Central Florida because I'm crazy like that. 
Yeah, you woke up feeling dangerous this morning. <laughs> Central Florida is a 21-point favorite, but I think Tulsa is going to just come in there and golden hurricane them and cover. They may lose by 20, but they didn't lose by 21. Go ahead, John. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think Central Florida is this year is better than last year's football team. Oh, yeah. And this is a revenge game from last year when Tulsa beat Central Florida at Tulsa. Mm. And I think Central Florida is going to be hungry. I think Central Florida is definitely going to be hungry. And I think mm. they will cover tonight. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I love to root with my heart here. I, I, I can't stand UCF. It's basically based on how good they are. They've been a thorn in the Tigers' side for a while now. Um. Look, I know – what was it? Tulsa held Oklahoma State to 16 points, so they got a defense. There's no doubt about it. But I'm telling you right now, Dylan Gabriel is in a – I mean, he is on a roll. And I've watched UCF all year. They are super explosive. As much as I love our Tigers, they UCF looks like hands down the best team in the AAC. Now, they've got to prove that, and they've got to come to – the great thing is they come to the Liberty Bowl this year, and the Tigers will have the advantage of having them at home. But give me UCF to cover here. They have looked unstoppable so far this year. Come on, Kendall. You can say Tulsa. It's okay. <laughs> no, not, not, not this to, one. <laughs> come to UCF the right side. Just, UCF is just way too good. <laughs> They're just way too good. Wes, I hope in my heart you're right. I hope I hope Tulsa, not, I hope Tulsa beats them. But I just, right, I'm yeah. going with my brain yeah. here like you. I'm going with my brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, hey, if, if you want to use that on the show, the going with the brain, just make sure you okay. plug us. It, it's, I it, will. I don't yeah. charge, you know. Okay. Um, up next, we've got uh, Oklahoma and uh, Iowa State. John, what do you think about Oklahoma this year? Yeah, I like Oklahoma to cover because they're only favored by seven. I think this is not a good Iowa State football team right now because although Matt Campbell is a decent football coach for them, who I'm surprised mm -hmm. hasn't got a better job other than the Big 12, like in the NFL ranks at a young age. Maybe he'll be the next Jets coach. Who knows? But uh, Oklahoma will definitely cover more than seven tonight. Yeah, I, th I mean, how are you not embarrassed coming off the loss that they're coming off of? I, I think they put together a, a focused effort trying to get it back on track in Oklahoma State covers. I mean, excuse me, Oklahoma covers. Uh, Rattler, I think he'll learn from his mistakes. I think they did, they did something like this last year where they lost – they lost the against state. somebody that they should have beat. Yep. So I think, Same yeah, thing. I think they, yeah, I think Oklahoma's going to win. I think, uh, I think Oklahoma's going to roll. I think it's going to be Oklahoma big. Uh, I Me think too. coming off that loss to Kansas State last week, uh, not just the, not, it's, it's not just the loss, but, the, but how they lost that right. I think is going to really have them motivated to come out and put on the show today uh, at, at, at Iowa State. Uh, up next, we've got uh, number 20 LSU uh, taking on a Vanderbilt football team up in Nashville. Uh, yeah, uh, we already know Kendall's going to take Vandy, so we can skip him. Um, all right, so uh, I'm doing a little research this week, guys. I was very intrigued by one stat that I came across from the Mississippi State LSU game last week, and that is this. Mississippi. LSU ran the ball 38 times for 88 yards. That's 2.1 yards per carry. That's very unlike LSU to me. I mean, I think if you go back and look at them in previous years, 
Uh, obviously, the kid that's at uh, Kansas City now, what's his name, Clyde? The three name kid, Clyde, whatever, Eclair, Edwards whatever. His name. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, not Eclair. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, LSU just, the way Mississippi State beat them last week just sits with me, and it doesn't sit very well. I think if you look at that Bo Pelini led defense, uh, they were gashed, obviously, last week. Uh, I don't think Vanderbilt does that to them this week. Um, Vandy holding Texas A&M to what, 17 points last week, John? Is that right? Right. That's that's a little bit impressive, but I think uh, I think LSU comes out and, and, and beats them pretty pretty handily tonight. What about you, John? Forty-two nothing LSU. Yeah, give me give me LSU. I was disappointed in them too, especially you know particularly the the, the defense last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't expect KJ Costello to come in there and do that to you. I'll be it. I know Leach has got the air raid. You hadn't seen it, but that's I mean an SEC record number of yards in your home, you're coming off a little of an embarrassment. I think they put up some big numbers against Vandy this week. I think the Tigers will win. Vanderbilt's not good. That's that's the bottom line. So mark him down. All right, Mark Kendall down for Vanderbilt on this game, John. Uh, No, I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Also, uh, another kind of very crazy stat to me is KJ Costello also broke the Tigers stadium passing record. Mm-hmm. So that's going to piss off some folks down in Baton Rouge, I can promise. All day long. All day long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, up next, we've got Southern Miss uh, traveling to North Texas to take on them. North Texas is a 1.5 point favorite. Uh, man, Southern Miss didn't do me any favors last week when I picked them. Um, I'm going to take North Texas in this game, John. What about you, buddy? North Texas at home. Southern Miss is still looking for their offense identity a little bit. And they're, still un- and they're still under an interim coach right now. Right. Um, North Texas has got some veteran coaches around the last couple of years with Galen Scott, mm-hmm. the former Memphis linebacker coach, former Virginia Tech linebacker coach. North Texas and Seth Luttrell. I get North Texas at home to cover and win the game. Uh, Southern Miss, like John pointed out, still sort of trying to get it together, had the coach step down. They're in disarray right now. You're playing against the – North Texas team that can is at home. Uh, I think they handle business and, and cover. Yeah, I think North Texas will cover it well. Uh, up next, uh, we've got Virginia and Clemson. Uh, Clemson, John. Yeah, Clemson is favored by twenty eight and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think they'll beat them by fifty eight and a half. <laughs> Jeez, man, you're right. <laughs> I do not. This one's like- easy. Yeah, I do not yeah. like Bronco Mendenhall as a coach. I never liked him since the BYU days. Um, Trevor Lawrence and Dabo Swinney, they'll be over at halftime, but uh, Clemson will cover. Yeah. It could be it could be Vic Fangio with Bronco Bronco coach Vic Fangio coaching. They'd still lose. Uh, Clemson's favored by that much for a reason. Give them a uh, give me Clemson. I think Clemson will drop drop seventy tonight. Yeah. I'm I'm dead serious. I I I think the only team that's going to beat Clemson is Clemson. Clemson. That's the only team that'll mm. that'll beat them. Uh, up next, we've got the Arkansas Razorbacks heading down to Stark Vegas to take on the air raid freaking train of Mike Leach. Um, pick them wise, I'm taking Mississippi State, <laughs> but when I watch the game, I'm going to be going for Arkansas. Um, I. 
man, I just really enjoy Mike Leach. I really enjoy everything from his persona to his guys' press conferences are freaking gold, man. I don't know if y'all watched it last week, but he had like a 15-minute rant with this guy about a mask and how they fall. And uh, it, it was, <laughs> I mean, absolutely hilarious, man. Uh, I'm going to take Mississippi State. I don't even know what the – I didn't even write the spread down because I didn't want to know, but I'm going to take Mississippi State. 17. 17. Oh, oh really? Just 17? Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of impressive for Arkansas, honestly. After what they Agreed. did to LSU at LSU, to come back and be a 17-point dog, that's that's impressive. Go ahead, John. You know, uh, first of all, uh, did y'all see his uh, interview on CBS last week regarding how the Green Bay Packers had a game scheduled and he wished they could play the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, I missed that. <laughs> I'll just send it to y'all. But, uh, yeah, he's talking about, like, how the NFL teams were basically playing. And he's like, the only team on our schedule, they have ghosts in our in their stadium. It's called the LSU Tigers. So we had to play them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is, this is – Arkansas did play pretty well against Georgia last week in the first half on defense. Right, right. But uh, Georgia, because they didn't have a decent quarterback showing in the first half, but they finally woke up in the second half. But Mississippi, State, but Mississippi State will definitely cover, and they'll bring more cowbell in the stadium, and they'll win. Uh, I, I, I was impressed by Arkansas and Sam Pittman in that first half against Georgia. Uh, I mean, they got so much work to do, but, but, but they played them tough in the first half. I realized, you know, Georgia's trying to get their quarterback in there and we'll have them this week. Um, all that said, I still like Mississippi State to, to cover here. They are high-powered. I'm, I'm eager to see uh, what K.J. Costello does next, how, how, how big he can go each week, and we'll see uh, how big it is this week. But anyway, Arkansas's defense looked good last week. At least early on, I still think uh, Mississippi State puts up a lot of points against them. Okay. I think the air raid's way too good. I think air raid's going to surprise the SEC this year. Maybe all year long. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like going back to John and I, the very, you know, right before SEC started, we broke down every team. And I told Jonathan, you know, then, hey, you know, I think Sam Pittman, when we go back and look at the end of the season, I think he's going to be a really good hire for the University of Arkansas. And I think we saw – just last week in that first half, I kind of think back to Justin Fuente when he was at Memphis after coming in after Larry Porter. Thanks a Memphis fan, you didn't – I wasn't expecting wins, but I was expecting some commitment and some fight and some not giving up and some and some kind of give a crap about. And I saw that last week with Arkansas in the first half. Second half, they were just tired. I mean, but they were also on the first – I mean, they were on the field the whole game the first half. So I understand yeah. that. Uh, I think Sam Pittman's going to have this football program back. It may take a little while. We may have to give him three, four years. But if you look at this Kendall Browse offense, of course they've got Felipe Franks uh, under center at quarterback, uh, which I think is a good quarterback for this season. But if you look going into next year, you got KJ Jefferson. You've got the stud out of uh, out of the state of Mississippi uh, that is tailor made for that Kendall Browse offense. Uh, up next, uh, we got a big game today, John. 2.30, Dallas, Texas. There we go. The SMU ponies. I ain't going to call them a Mustang. I'll call them a pony. Against our Memphis Tigers. John, I'm taking Memphis all day. It's a pick em, but I'm picking Memphis. Can I go last? No, okay. <laughs> you want to? Yeah, let me go last if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, Kendall, go ahead. 
Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> man, I, I hope I hope the Tigers can really find. I think that after after Kenneth Gainwell left about a week before, you know, our first game, that really stung. Obviously, you know, he had his reasons. I don't think anybody really blames him for that. But I, I really think we'll see a big game out of the running backs. I think Rodriguez Clark is very good, and I think a lot of those other running backs are very good. Uh, and then I, I can't wait to see that Coxie and White go off. So I'm gonna pick uh, Memphis. Man, I, I, I want to be with you guys. I really do. I, I, I won't lie to you. This, this game scares the mess out of me, just because I, I don't know what to expect from Memphis. It's been it'll been 28 days since they beat Arkansas State. Uh, been a while for them. It's kind of like a bowl layoff. So you're coming back here, you know, and, and you you got to know. I mean, Silverfield said this week they're going to be plugging guys into some spots, especially defensively, moving guys around. I mean, obviously coming through this COVID thing, um, and and it's not just Shane Bouchelle for SMU either. And that that high powered you know passing attack they've got, you know, they're they're running back. Uh, I think his name's Ulysses Bentley. Which one of the great names in college basketball, uh, base, uh, college football this year? Uh, he, he's, I think he's right there among the le- the the national leaders in rushing. And so he you, is, you, you, he add, is you, the national leader in rushing. You, he is the national leader in rushing. So you add all of that up. Uh, the fact that too that SMU's been playing, they're three and zero. They're kind of sort of into a rhythm now. Uh, I just worry about the Tigers in this one. And you've seen the line kind of flip flop. You talk mm-hmm. about West to pick them right now. I've seen some that have got. SMU now favored by two. Tigers were favored earlier this week. I'm as much as I want to pick the Tigers here. I, I, I'm I, I'm worried about the upset, and and I think I'm going to be the not so fast guy here. Give me SMU to actually pull the pull the to some. It'll be an upset, uh, and they'll knock the Tigers out of the top 25. I'm just worried this layoff's been too long, guys. And SMU's putting up about 50 a game. Yeah, they are putting a lot of points up, and I think if you look at the Tiger defense, of course, we had um, uh, John Broussard out the, that first game against uh, Arkansas State, and you had uh, number 11 cornerback. I can't think of what his name is. Uh, I thought the young man played a, a good football game, uh, filling in for John Broussard. Of course, I, right. Jason, can you give us any update on John Broussard as far as his status? I got no I got no idea if he's out there today because of how many players they've had plugged in and the fact that Silverfield's not talking specifically about which guys are sort of still in protocol and which guys aren't. We just know offensively White's going to be out there. As Hayden mentioned, Clark's going to be out there. But defensively, I got we, we I don't think we'll have any idea on some of these guys until 2.30. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, let me ask you, just as a as a as a Memphis and you know insider and working and being familiar with the university ins and outs and all that, um, what is your uh, what is your insight into the university as far as the future uh, with Ryan Silverfield at the helm and then also I want to get your uh, your your intake on Penny Hardaway and just exactly what he's doing for the university. I, I know this past week, of course, I'm not in Memphis, so I'm just kind of getting secondhand news. Uh, I noticed that we made uh, a couple of really big signings in basketball this this past week. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it brief. I think for both sides, for Silverfield, the, the you know, you're talking about putting he's put together right now one of their one of the best recruiting classes they've ever had. So you're hoping he's able to much like Norvell, not just take something good like Norvell did from Puente, but be able to build on it and take it to the next level. He seems to be positioned right now to do that. You know, right now because you you know. Because you're limited in attendance, you know, that athletic department, while things look good on the field and hopefully for basketball as well on the court, 
dude, they are they they are down to the bone in terms of personnel. They've had to, they went through a round of layoffs this week, obviously, and all of that going back to you know you're limited on what you can do in ticket revenue, and that 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 while the, while they look healthy on the surface inside that athletic department's operating at a at a severe disadvantage. So they're trying to piece it together, and when you when you put all that together, what what they're having to go through right now. It makes it even more impressive, the job that Silverfield's doing. Obviously, now, like we talked about, it's been a 28-day layoff. You're just happy to be on the field. And then mm-hmm. what you mentioned earlier with Penny Hardaway, coming up with two big gets uh, this week in John Camden and, uh, and Jordan Nesbitt. I mean, gets that have got him right now, position to have a top-10 class uh, for, for next season. And this is down in assistance. This is only having two assistants right now. Uh, Tigers have been fantastic, effective in recruiting. And again, you're doing that with your athletic department right now, you know, going through some things, reacting to this to this COVID. So uh, it's been an impressive job on both ends by Silverfield and for Penny. And I think clearly in basketball, if if they can get on the court like we expect them to in late November uh, right. with this schedule, they've got with having a guy like Landers Nolly comes over from Virginia Tech, a guy that's proven can score like he did last year in the ACC. You're talking about Penny finally putting it together, not just having hopefully a tournament team and ending that drought but a team that can make a run. So it's looking good, Wes, on both sides, even though right now that athletic department right now is hurting because they're so limited. Not just will you, you be limited in football, and hopefully those restrictions loosen up to where you can get more than 4,700 in there in a couple right. of weeks against UCF. But, but we know, too, in FedEx Forum for the Tigers, it's going to be limited seating. I think 1,500 is the number right now. And so that, that has them so handcuffed financially. But at least on the field, again, with all those odds sort of stacked against them, and in and off season in terms of recruiting, they've been winning so far, and the hope is they can continue to do that, get through this COVID thing, get your fans back in Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium, get them back in FedEx form. You come through it, you can flesh your departments back out. But for everything they're facing right now, you know Memphis is you know Laird Beach has got on his plate as an athletic director. Memphis looking as good as it, as good as you can right now during this times with a couple of you know you got your your Tiger football team ranked and your basketball yeah. team expected to be ranked when they start in November. Back to my pick real quick, and then I'll ask uh, Jason a quick question regarding Memphis basketball as well. But uh, I'd agree with what you're talking about, like the layoffs and everything like that. But I think the key playmaker, like it was last year, you know, in the SMU game was Calvin Austin. I think he'll have another good game tonight or this afternoon. But uh, I am concerned about the layoff a lot because of the fatigue options, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, to protect Brady White in a big game like this as well, and you're actually going on the road, you know, in a, one of the better hostile environments in the conference. But who knows how many fans will be allowed in Dallas as well. But uh, Memphis, will, I think Memphis will pull it out in the end, hopefully. I think a shootout is going to happen. Yeah. But hopefully the defense will stay healthy and uh, they'll rotate guys in and out like they're talking about. And T.J. Carter hopefully will have a good game on defense as well. But, Jason, have you talked to anybody close to the department regarding maybe the new hire for the assistant coaches or anything like that lately? And then who do you think Memphis keeps on the non-conference schedule as well going forward? Is there maybe talking about maybe, what, four non-conference games? Um, you're looking at 27 games total. 20 of those will be in conference. So you're talking about seven non-con. Three of those will be in the – Battle for Atlantis, which is now in Sioux Falls, and you're looking like you're adding Dayton for Duke. So you're still going to get where? three games there. So Dayton, what's that? It's in Sioux Falls. Yeah, they won't because of travel restrictions. 
It'll be in Sioux Man, Falls, South you went Dakota. From yeah. the Bahamas to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Because of COVID and the travel restrictions, oh, they decided okay. they can't do it in the Bahamas. And so what they've yeah. done is uh, the Pentagon is what it's called up in uh, Sioux Falls. Memphis played Wichita State there a few years back uh, in okay. a neutral okay. site game up there. And anyway, you'll have three games in that. So to John's point, it leaves you with four. Now you got you got four SEC teams. You got Auburn, you had Tennessee, you got Ole Miss, you got Georgia. We talked to Larry Beach yesterday, and it doesn't sound like that they think that all these SEC teams are going to be still up to play Memphis, which, I mean, we even talked to Philip Fulmer, AD over Tennessee. He didn't seem very committed or at least was non-committal on playing that December 19th game against Memphis at the last of the, the three-game series. So, so right now I tell you, I think it's highly unlikely that they play all four SEC teams, you know, and, and you'd like to have all four. You know, three of the, at least three of those four take out Georgia Probably, probably easily NCAA tournament teams. I think Ole Miss and Kermit Davis will be there this year. Not to mention, obviously, Alabama and Tennessee. I mean, excuse me, Auburn and Tennessee are set up to go to the tournament this year. So you'd like to have all four and just be easy. But here's the thing, you know, college basketball coaches like to have games they can look to and say, okay, I can circle that one as a win. And that's why you've got bye games. And so I, I just I wonder if, it, you know, if, if Memphis has it somewhat of its choice, if you're going to keep one or two of the bye games in there just so you've got some circled around, hey, here's a win that we know we're going to get. So as far as the schedule, to answer your question, uh, it's still up in the air. All those SEC schools right now are waiting to hear how they're going to play their SEC schedule. Are they going to be in a bubble, that kind of thing? That's going to affect in terms of what they do in the non-con. So they're all, they're all sitting there in pause. Memphis wants to play that Tennessee game, obviously, and my hope is that one at least will be on the schedule. I think Penny Hardaway has insisted on it. We just got to see what happens with Barnes and with Tennessee. Now, to go to your thing about the assistant coach, it's been odd because Nolan Smith was the guy that Penny Hardaway clearly wanted. He yeah. made the decision to stay at Duke as the, the director of basketball operations, probably going to be an assistant there at least in a couple of years. But for Memphis, and I think it, you know, it might be the smartest thing at this point with college basketball kind of on, on pause because of COVID. There isn't, any, there isn't all the movements done in terms of coaches moving spots. You know, Penny Hardaway might be best suited at this point to wait to either mm -hmm. promote and you can do promote your director of basketball operations, a guy like Rodney Hamilton, who's been an assistant of a TSU, promote him for, for a year, put him up for that year. Because Memphis clearly, in terms of a recruiting standpoint, they haven't missed the third assistant right now. Uh, but clearly you want to get a guy in there that checks all the boxes. So, so it'll be interesting to see. And I, and I think the longer this goes on, the more likely it is they're going to promote from within in terms of that third spot. If it's for a year, we'll see. If it's for longer than that, we'll see. But I think what that, what that presents is an opportunity to recast the net next year after this season and then see what, see what your options are then. Um, that's how I think it'll probably end up going down. I don't think you'll ultimately see Penny Hardaway here, what, a month, a month and a half before the season starts, go out and, and start anew with this search. I think they're probably going to promote from within right now, maybe keep that guy there. We don't know yet. Maybe he's there for a year. If that's the case, then you go back out and recast. So I don't expect any news on the assistant coaching spot right now. And right now, frankly, they haven't missed one, like we said, with what they're doing in recruiting. So uh, I think Penny Hardaway, if, if, my, if, if, I'm, if I'm working from my gut here, I'd say he comes back, uh, looks at that spot again next year, and maybe recast the net then. Uh, right now, they, there's a good chance they go in with two or promote a guy from within to, to be that third guy. 
You know, I would love to see that Murray State game as a fan stay on that on that schedule as well. The Grizzlies, I'm sure, want it too. Yeah, yeah because it, it matches up with their night and for Job Morant, you know. So, so, so I think they do. They want the Tigers to keep that one on as well. And I think that's one you could look at if you're Memphis and say, okay, you know, not your ordinary buy team certainly, but one where you can circle say, okay, there's a win. Because again, when you're playing a 20 game non-conference schedule, you're going to get Houston twice. You're going to get Cincinnati twice. And while you'd like to think you've got a roster that can make a nice long you know, undefeated 20-0 run through that thing, the likelihood is you won't. And so right. you're going to want some games on that schedule that you know you can win. That's why these coaches play these bye games. Be interesting to see. Uh, Memphis might be in a position where it doesn't want to pay those bye games in a year like we've talked about where financially they are so strapped this year. So we'll see. Let me ask you this. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, Wes. Oh, uh, let me ask you this, Jason. Uh, you just alluded to the fact that we're not missing uh, – the assistant that's missing, and that would be Mike Miller. Uh, let me ask you this. Were you surprised when Mike left, and are you even more surprised at the fact that we've been able to maintain a top 10 recruiting class in the absence of Mike? Because, I mean, well, we know Mike was yeah. vital in the recruiting process of Memphis. No, yeah, to, to go to that second part of that, I think we've all been surprised, and particularly the way they've done it. They don't have a local right now for 2021, and yet it's a top 10 class. Mike Miller had been a big part of that. You know, obviously with guys like Boogie Ellis, Lester Quinones, Precious Achua, out-of-town guys, Mike was connected to those guys and was a big part of Memphis landing them last spring. So that said, when, when he steps down, you, you, you lose that little bit, that, that, those relationships, uh, you know, that kind of ability, and you wonder, okay, is Penny going to have to really localize things, or is he still going to be able to recruit on a national level? He's still been able to recruit on a national level. And maybe we should have known as much with the staff they've got with Penny's brand. But, but I'm, I, you know, I, I thought initially, oh, wow, this will be a big void for Memphis losing Mike Miller. So far it has not been. And I think you got to credit Penny, Tony Madlock, Cody Talpert, and that staff for, for what I, the phrase I'd like to use is sort of rolling up their sleeves and, mm -hmm. and just getting to work at a time where they could have been, okay, we've got to get another assistant in here that's got ties to players. They've just gone out and done the work themselves. So the most impressive part has been that you've gone out there, put this class together, and none of them are local. You've still got those national ties. And so there's that standpoint. And then from as far as Mike leaving, look, I, I, I wasn't surprised. I think, you know, uh, again, in a, in a situation where you've got your son, it's his last year of high school basketball, there's a possibility that you've got an option to coach him. I, I You know, again, that's a – you very rarely get that 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 opportunity oh, to coach your son. Yeah. So so I I think that was I think that was attractive to him. And listen, you know, and and and, and it's the eye test. It's opinion here. But I I just didn't get the sense that Mike, especially after Memphis lost out on Jalen Green and the way they did. Now that's you talk about another guy that Mike was tied to, mm -hmm. and Jalen Green. The way that the G League sort of swooped in at the end gives him a, a six figure offer. He can't you know can't pass up. I think Mike and, and that staff, not just Mike, but Penny, felt handcuffed. Like, like, wow, we've had this relationship now for two years and, and, and invested all this time and resources into recruiting the kid. And then last minute, out of our control, because, mm -hmm. again, NCAA rulebook stipulates we can't make six-figure offers, the right. G-League swoops in. And I think that took a little bit of the wind out of his sails, quite frankly, when you're that limited in terms of the guys you want to bring in, especially after you've spent that much time recruiting them, you know, getting to know them, having the family there. So – I, you know, being an NCAA coach, it's one thing we've talked about. When the, Mike Miller and Penny are millionaires. 
And, you know, they, they'd like to be able to do it their way. And, unfortunately, with these, you know, antiquated rules of the NCAA, you've got to do it their way. And so you just wonder, man, if it'd just be easier for them to get the heck out, go have some fun, coach his son in high school, and, and leave the rest of it up to Penny. And that's another thing we've seen about Penny. To him, it's, it's worth it because to Penny, this is Memphis is his blood. And so he's here, you know, he's here. He's made a promise to get this, this program back to where it belongs. And I think he, he feels the need to stick in there. For Mike, hey, man, you know, you, know, you got to ask, is it, is, it, is it worth it? Because I tell you, he wasn't doing it for the money. Mike Miller didn't need the money. And so at this point, again, I think it was a unique opportunity he couldn't pass up. And, and I just don't know if it was as much fun after two years of it, after losing a guy like Jalen Green, as it had been for Mike. So I wasn't surprised. I have been surprised that they haven't missed him as much as, as maybe some of us thought they would so far. Jason, we have a uh, Facebook question from AJ Sturdivant that says, do we think we will get any more guys for the 2021 class, or are we pretty set with the three that we have currently? Well, no, they'll get Sam Ayumide, the big kid, uh, who is a, a former roommate of Camden's, and you're going to need him, obviously, with Musa Cisse likely just here for one year. So you'll right. have at least one more there, and I wouldn't be surprised, again, if, because because we see this every year when you bring in new guys, you'll have you'll inevitably lose some. And I, so I wouldn't be surprised to whether it's in the spring later on, but see Memphis even add to those four. So so definitely expect to add a big to what you've got as well with to Minot, to Nesbitt, to Camden, uh, and that that big will probably be Sam Ayumide, who's a who's a you know two fifty five big kid uh, in the middle, and hopefully it will for Memphis will be the next good big, you know behind now you know Precious Achua behind what we expect from Musa Cisse. So, yeah, that class will get bigger at least by one and probably by more than that. Awesome. Awesome. All right, here's my, here's my tough question for you, Jason. It's a part two – like, it's two-part question. Uh, what do we expect from Isaiah Stokes coming in? And then do you think we're going to miss Tyler Harris as well? And are you surprised that nobody else left other than Tyler? It's a three. Okay, Isaiah. Go ahead, John. Oh, three pork. Isaiah Stokes. I'll keep. I'll keep it as brief as possible. Isaiah Stokes. Right now, we don't know if he's going to be a part of the team. That's just been. That's just been part of the deal. Um, there hasn't been much talk about him, and right now, I, I would lean towards. I don't. I if he is a part of the team, I don't know that he's a part of the rotation. So that's that's the word on Isaiah at this point. And and you may have a scholarship open after next year. We'll we'll see on Isaiah. Got to got to find out more. Right now, doesn't look like he's a part of this team. Um. Tyler Harris, will Memphis miss him? You know, it'll, it'll depend. You know, he was their most, you know, in terms of three-point shooting, he was your best option, at least last year. The hope is, with Lester Quinones obviously getting better from three, Boogie Ellis, that you've got enough shooting and enough guards in, in to, to help fill that void. I think from a defensive standpoint, you, you, you feel a little bit better that you've got more size in that backcourt. You know, teams were picking on Tyler Harris, because, unfortunately, because of his size last year. So I don't think you're going to miss that defensively, the fact that you're bigger, you're longer uh, in, in the backcourt. And then what was the, the third part? I'm yeah, sorry. I added it at the last second, so I apologize. But uh, no, it's good. are we surprised that anybody else left other than Tyler? And not, not really. I mean, at this point, everybody's still got a, a shot to have an opportunity here. So, so and, and, then, and then Tyler sort of happened right around the same time that Memphis found out it was getting Landers Nolly. And so you kind of, mm. you know, you, you could see the one for the other saying, okay, well, I uh, could see the writing on the wall, obviously. So not, not surprised that anybody else didn't leave. And, and, again, just about each year when you've got this much talent, and we saw it, uh, you know, 
We saw it a couple of years ago for, for Memphis, Antoine Jones heading out to Creighton. Um, you're going to you're gonna inevitably lose guys when you're bringing in more talented guys. So I'm not surprised. Uh, hopefully Memphis won't miss Tyler uh, too, too, poor, too badly on the court. No, he was everything Penny Hardaway wanted, wanted those guys to be in practice, that kind of thing, selfless. Uh, but hopefully Memphis is going to be just fine without him. Kendall, do you have any questions for Jason? Uh, what do you expect out of uh, Musa Sise? A lot. I mean, uh, you know, Musa is a guy that's probably looking to follow in Precious Achua's footsteps in this sense. They're different players. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Precious had well, more polished offensively, could do, but they're both incredible athletes who yeah. defensively can be huge impact guys. And so Precious didn't come here a lottery pick. You know, at one point this season, he was still projected to be a first-round guy, but around 2021. Uh, you know, partly because James Wiseman leaves, partly you got to give Memphis' staff credit. They made the right adjustments, but they turned him into a lottery pick, a guy that could go anywhere from 8 to 14. And so it's, it's that. It's that uh, in terms of what, what Moose is hoping for. is because right now he's pegged as sort of a late first-round guy, and they're hoping that, uh, you know, the thing for Moose is, is being so good defensively, being interchangeable in terms of being able to guard the five and the four, go out there and show the NBA that, and then you'll have a chance to, uh, you'll have a chance to move up in the draft. So I'm expecting, and, and I think that staff and Moose are expecting a, a, a year that boosts him up in terms of his stock level, his NBA, his NBA stock. And uh, look, KC, with his size and athleticism, you won't have to run anything. It'll be all stickbacks, putbacks, alley-oops. The kid's such a great athlete that he should shine yeah. the AAC, and I expect his draft stock to improve and prop maybe get to a point where he's a, he, he, like Precious, is a lottery pick. So yeah. hopefully hopefully good things for him and no more than a year, I suspect, for Precious yeah. at Memphis. I mean, excuse me, for Musa yeah. at Memphis. I definitely will be glad not to play him in high school this year. <laughs> <laughs> we played we played him twice last year, and he was a athletic beast. But uh, I hope I hope that he gets his uh, skill set sharpened. You know he he was an athlete, but needed you know, polish he, offensively. Yeah, he he needs it polished. But yeah. yeah, I think I agree with you. I hope he I hope he pulls it off. What do y'all think about this Auburn Georgia game? I think, gonna, uh, I think I'm going to take Auburn. Um, I think Bo Nix is, uh, like we talked about earlier, uh, you've got a little bit of consistency at quarterback. Uh, I think Bo Nix is that guy. Uh, and I think the big question with Georgia is, uh, are we going to see first half Georgia from last week or are we going to see second half Georgia from last week? Because if we see first half Georgia from last week, Auburn's going to put it on them quick. Uh, I take uh, uh, Auburn more eagle. I got Georgia. I knew you would. I think I, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a little faith in Georgia here. I think we're we're expected to see, if I'm not mistaken, last I checked, we're expected to see the transfer of JT Daniels, and so I, I'm I'm expecting them to look a lot better offensively than they had, and uh, I'll take Georgia here to look good and to and to cover. You know. I think you want to go Auburn as much as I, I think Georgia. I think Georgia's going to be good. I think Georgia's going to be all right. But I think uh, I think Auburn's hungry this year. I think they're I think they're going to get this win. Wes, did you oh, forget? Right. Did you forget who uh, Auburn's offensive coordinator is? Chad Morris. I know. It's, <laughs> I, know I know it's Chad Morris, but I mean, 
if you go back and look at Chad Morris as a non-head coach, he's been successful. He's that he's that Gus Malzahn, you know, tree protege. Uh, you know, you, you go back and look at Chad Morris at Clemson. Look at look at what he did with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean, those numbers are impressive for sure. Um, Jason, I'm gonna Jason, I'm gonna ask you this also. What do you think about your Chicago Bulls hire? Oh yeah, thank you. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I guess I'm uh, Billy Dom is a good coach, and he you know he's great when it comes to development, developing young guys. Bulls got a lot of those with with White, um, uh, Larry Markkinen, who I love. Uh, probably going to be Donovan's going to be great for him as well. I'm I'm more concerned about how the Bulls are constructed. Does Does Billy think that he can win big with a guy like Zach Levine, who's shown you know individually he can put up the numbers, but can he can he be a winner? Can he can he can he can he lead a team uh, to the playoffs? That that yeah. to this point he hasn't shown that he can. So. You know, I'll be interested to see if Donovan thinks he can take this iteration of the Bulls and make it something, or do you take, like, a guy like Levine, flip him, try to get something for him, and do it, you know, try to do it with these young guys. I'm, I'm, I'm less concerned with Billy Donovan because I know he's a good coach than I am with uh, how the Bulls figure this thing out in terms of how the, the pieces fit. I'm not sure right now that the pieces fit uh, uh, well enough for Donovan to make this thing uh, into a winner. That said, I, I like the I like the hire. Um, I think Billy Donovan's just great with player development, and that's good for a team that's got Kobe White, like we talked about. Wendell Carter, yeah. still a young guy that's got some upside. So uh, I'm 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 eager to see how he works with those young guys, and also eager to see what the heck the Bulls do with Zach Levine. Are you still watching the MLB playoffs since the Cubs and Cardinals are out? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and Wes White songs, by the way. Sorry, Wes. Oh, <laughs> man. John, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Man, I don't even want to talk about it. The only the only solace I guess is that the Cardinals fans sitting right here with me. It's over for them too. How about the NL Central and how bad it stunk up the joint in the playoffs? Like what a letdown. White Sox, I mean, we're the best team in the yeah. Heck in the AL there yeah. for a minute, and they, and they we, crumble sort of down the stretch of the regular season. And you win game one. I thought you guys, you know, I thought y'all were on your way, and then you're you're sitting here with me. So I don't even want to talk baseball right now because I because it. it sucks. Yeah, I'm done with it. Cubs Can, are done. Kendall, who's we your baseball team again? I don't have one. I'm smart not to have one because you're just sitting right here with us. Heck yeah, you would. Three losers right here. Yep. Uh, uh, a guy named Noah Guest wants to know if John and I can replace Gary Parrish. Man, I'm not stepping in those shoes. Brother, brother, can't none of us replace Gary Parrish. Dude is a Man, legend. No. From, I, yeah. I'm telling you this right now. I, I don't stand up. I can't stack up the GP. Not half the man GP is. No, he's a, no. He's a legend on the radio. <laughs> um, most definitely, most definitely. Uh, Kendall, thank you very much for your insight into, uh, you know, what it's like being in a uh, high school athlete in America today, especially dealing with all that we're dealing with. Uh, man, anytime you want to be on the show, get with me, get with John. Uh, we'd be glad to have you back on the show anytime. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Jason Smith. Thank you once again, man. Like I said, been listening to you for years and years, man. Always enjoyed your show. Uh, always enjoyed your insight into uh, sporting or sports uh, in in general. Uh, John, man, once again, man, it's been fun. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for being on the show. Uh, if you got any uh, questions, anything like that, get with me and John if you want to be on the show. Uh, hit us up. Be glad to have you on the show.
thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for being on the live. Have a good afternoon and go Tigers.